I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of The Wocast. Now, this weekend saw global protests, many under the banner of Black Lives Matter. Now, in London, in London specifically, a counter-protest was actually brought up in London. A counter-protest which many of you would have seen globally on the news. Now, it contained a far-right element in terms of um, those people present, and they basically sought to go head-to-head with many of the demonstrators. Now, one individual, one far-right protester, got caught in the middle as uh, he got separated from his compadres, whoever he came down with, and was basically rescued by five men. Those five men join me on today's WOCast. They are Patrick Hutchison, Jermaine Facey, Pierre Noah, Lee Russell, Chris Otakito. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. Hi. Now, Hello. now Hi. first off, first Hi. off. Hi. Now, I know, Hi. That, I know you guys are uh, on one level and there is no pecking order, so I'm doing this uh, in, in no order specifically. But first off, Patrick Hutchinson, you are the chap that was actually pictured. Um, you, you know, uh, people could sort of make out your face. You were the person who has been a prominent um, face when people refer to this particular um, event. But, you know, just by way of background, Patrick, just tell me a little bit about yourself, just for our international listeners as well, just for context. Who is Patrick Hutchinson? Okay, so, so hi. Um, I... Um I'm coming from a uh, Jamaican uh, heritage. My mum and mother and father were, are Jamaican. Um, and my grandparents uh, were Jamaican. But I do know that my great-granddad my great was Ghanaian. So I know that I'm, a, I'm an Ashanti man at heart. Aha, uh-huh. warrior. <laughs> um, I grew up in Coventry. Um, or should I say I was born in Coventry, but then came to London and was raised in Battersea. And the Wandsworth area. Um, after that, I um, did a lot of sports and stuff growing up. Played a lot of football, um, and uh, didn't quite do too well with that. But then eventually got into martial arts when I was younger, and um, took up taekwondo. Got my blue belt in taekwondo at a young age. Um, so that's where the martial arts journey started. Like many of us young black boys back then, I watched a whole load of kung fu films and we would reenact these things. Um, after that, I went to university, uh, went to college, uni, and then I worked in the city for a while. Um, and then I finally gave that up when I was at the age of 40. Um, decided I weren't going to work in the city anymore and uh, became a personal trainer did all the certifications, etc. Became an athletics coach as well. Um, did an SIA license and sort of combined the three uh, careers uh, to work for myself. Okay. Patrick, th- this is going to sound really, really weird, but about 10 years ago, were you a blue belt then? Um, a blue belt? I'm not even a blue belt now. What, in, uh, oh, you mean Taekwondo. In taekwondo. Yeah. Or in, because I didn't mention currently, I do I do Brazilian Jitsu with Pierre. But right. when you say ten years old, I blew belt in Taekwondo. Yeah. No, because I I did Taekwondo when I was in my teenage years, and I'm nearly fifty now. So ah, right. No, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Now the, I've, done, I've done I've done Thai boxing for the last fifteen years. Oh, okay. Now, the, the reason why I asked is just that um, ten years ago, I, I I faced a guy. I swear, Patrick, he me. looked exactly like you. Exactly did, the same features, did, man. What else? Yeah, yeah. Probably we're, was me then. I'll take. I'll take that one. Then. <laughs> we're in the finals, and um, yeah, man, he gave me a good kicking. But anyway, speaking of good kicking, 
Jermaine the Pain Facey, a mainstay, and I have to say a face um, on the UK mixed martial arts circuit. Um, I'm going to treat you like I'm treating everybody else because we are talking about international listeners who may not be acquainted with you. Jermaine, just tell us a little bit about your background. All right, sure. <clears throat> Welcome. Thank you for um, bringing us on anyway, because I know you're a busy man. <laughs> and normally, normally you only call me when there's um, trouble. Trouble, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what the strap line uh, says. Always making trouble. Yes. Okay. So literally, um, I'm originally a brummy, so I'm originally from Birmingham. Um, I moved to London at the age of uh, 16, straight to Brixton. Um, from that, from moving to, uh, from being in London, I, I literally went straight into sports. So I went straight into, uh, I, I literally, one year doing nothing, and then next, the following year, I started working at Brixton Recreation Centre, Sports Centre. So I worked for that company for um, probably eight years, or maybe even 12 years. Mm. And in that time, I, I, I literally ended up knowing everyone in Brixton because that was the hub where everyone would come to swim train do martial arts play football badminton whatever so I knew from old to young from straight to non-straight from white to black it doesn't matter what color you were in Brixton you come there and I knew I literally knew everybody and that's how I, was it there I met you Pat yep yep that's what I met Jermaine probably over 25 years ago I think yeah so that's where I, um, I I knew Pat, and um, so literally, literally from then up. But that, that, at that time, I used to just, all I was doing was rock climbing, swimming, and football. That's wow. what I did really. And I, I got into mixed martial arts kind of late. Which so um, I got banned from um, Dulwich Hamlet football football team, and um, I turned my life into um, doing martial arts from the age of twenty seven. From that time, I've just done it ever since. And then I got into cage fighting. Um, before the yeah, cage fighting, what I fought under Dave O'Donnell's t- um, team, Elite Elite XC. Dave got rich when he sold the com- Cage Rage Company <laughs> to um, Elite Sport. I, I think it was Elite Sport. No, I, I can't remember. I can't remember who who they sold it to. And then he he stopped training. And then some some of the gang from Elite we made bandogs. Remember me? That's how we started, Bandogs MMA in London Bridge, where we had over 500 people coming in and yeah. out, up, in and out of that um, that gym who I've taught and trained with. And um, in that time, in that time, I've competed, won, lost, never drew, <laughs> won or lost. Was, that's, that's all it was. Um, I had probably we probably had about 30 fighters who fought in that show, probably even more. I can't even count. Um, won my K1 title against one of my one of my uh, students. That was a crazy fight, and I um, started a, comp- a charity called Hands Up Guns Down, where we will take people off the street, and uh, not just children, but adults. We'll t- bring them into the into the world of uh, mixed martial arts, where we will, we will get them off there, give them a, give them a new habit. And then actually bring them into um, the world of mixed martial arts. And actually, we did Sunday Brawl, where we had semi-pro fights. Because when I started MMA, there was no semi-pro actual um, uh, tournaments going on. So we kind of started up our own, locally anyway. So people could actually do the semi-pro version before going straight into the cage and fighting professionals who've probably been training three or four years more than, than myself at the time. Um, what else am I missing? Wow. You know something? You think you know some people. I didn't know that you had uh, hands-on experience of rock climbing. But next up, Pierre Bushman Noah. <laughs> yes. Hello. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm Thank exceptionally you for, well. Um having us here today. And yes. Um, yeah, a bit, a bit about myself. Mm. Um, yeah, well, I'm from... They call me the Bushman for obviously the reason I'm straight from the bush, Africa. <laughs> I always uh, wondered that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was born in Cameroon, mm. and um, my, my dad used to work for the Cameroon Embassy, and so he got transferred to work over here in um, in London, 
So I moved over here when I was about 10. Um, but my dad spoke French and my mum spoke English. So when I was in, in, in Cameroon, I was only speaking French. I, I understood a little bit of English. So when we moved here, I went to a French school and it was just getting a bit too much. I, I, you know, they used to try and bully me because two reasons. One, because I'm African. Second, because I spoke French. So I had to start getting, I think that's when I started getting a bit bush, man. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, then I had to change over to, I got moved. You know, my dad took me out of the French school and put me into an English school. Then um, he passed away. When he passed away, uh, he died of cancer. So it was left with just me and my mum. And I think that kind of messed me up in a way because for a good couple of years, for at least a good 10 to 11 years, I was lost, angry, angry that he's not around, you know. Um, and I think I took out my frustration out Everyone that knows me, Patrick, knew me from the age, I think, 13, 14. And I was a, I was a mess, seriously. Uh, it's only, only probably till I was about 21. Then I started to fix up and, you know, get myself together. I went back to college, study. Um, then, yeah, moved on from there. Um, met up with my missus. I think I met up with her when I was about 25 which kind of helped a lot and just basically started to find myself and understood my purpose was. Um, I had my first son. That helped me a lot, again, to just, you know, keep finding myself what, what I'm about. Um, then my second boy and then my third boy. I mean, um, by then I'm now nice to settle out. Um, own a nice I mean I I started running a, a security firm uh, I've been running for probably on and off really last eight years but it's come on strong the last two years and prior to that I was running uh, I was working as a fitness instructor because I studied at school I mean not school sorry at college mm. I've done a course on that um, and I was working I've been working since I think age of 24 I've been working sort of part-time, sometimes full-time at um, Nutfield, um, which is based in Norbury. I've been there for a long time. I've, I mean, I've watched the company change name. First, it was, I think it was Pinnacle, then I went to Cannons, and now it's Nutfield. So I've been there quite long, and that as well has helped me a lot, training. Um, I used to play rugby. I was very good. I had potential, uh, but I wasn't focused. I wasn't focused enough. It just distracted with, again, as I said, I wasn't settled at a certain age. Um, I've done boxing as well. I was very good at that. Again, I wasn't focused. I was messing around. I was <laughs> going on boxing elsewhere instead of keeping it into a boxing ring. So that didn't help. Um, then I had serious injuries, which kind of messed up my rugby. Uh, chances of taking it further. And then also even messing up my boxing career. Um, I think not a lot of people know about this, but anyway, it's just one of those things. But I've just kept on training anyway since then. Um, and um, yeah, so just as I said, at the moment, I'm very, very happy with myself mentally, spiritually, physically. I've got good people around, you, around me. I, you know, I've got some good friends um, but especially the five guys that went up there with me. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, I've, listen, I've got I've got the best mom in the world. I've got the best wife in the world. I've got beautiful children. That's why I'm so. If all my friends know me, I'm passionate about everything. That if, if you're my friend, I'm passionate about you as my friend. So it, it's like if you ask Patrick, Patrick, I think Patrick's known me the longest there. I pick on everything because I just it's it's because I like. I don't know, I can't put it. I just, I love my people. Do you understand? Jermaine knows me as well. I think he's one of the next person that knows me quite long. So I'm, if I check for you, I check for you. Um, so for me, that's probably why I've gone into my security job quite seriously as well. All my clients, they love me. 
because I'm, you know, if I'm going to protect you, I'm protecting you. I'm looking after you. Um, I'm because I believe in doing something. You have to be real. You can't. And if I'm if I'm angry, it's not because I, I'm angry. I don't like. It. It's because come on, I want you to be real about what I'm angry about. I don't know if it makes sense, but no, that makes that makes guys. that makes a lot yeah? of sense. That makes yeah, a lot I'm, of I'm, sense. I'm very, I'm very, 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 very passionate with everything I'm doing. Mm. And some people get it wrong and they think, oh, uh, what's, 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 you know, what's Pierre going on? What's Bush going on? Because, come on, mate, it's got, you've got to think a bit more. Um, so that's why I love my job. I know it's dangerous, but the, 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 from the age of 13 to 22, listen, the things I've been through, I don't really have no fear. So, I think I, that's the reason why I've been my job even more. Fantastic. You, you know, we're going to yeah. circle back to your experience and what you've been through. Next up, Lee Russell. Yeah, hi. How's it going? You right? I'm good. Real good, Lee. So just a quick background about yourself, Lee. Um, yeah, my name's Lee Russell. Um, I'm 37 years old. Um, I grew up in Brixton all my life. Uh, Brixton Hill. It's up by New Park Road. Um, I'm actually a twin, identical twin. Um, got a sister. Great background. My mum's Jamaican. Uh, my dad's Jamaican. Um, um, I went to school in Ballam. Went to school in Ballam, Chestnut Grove School in Ballam. Uh, finished school. Um, got to a bit of bother. Um, growing up, I was quite a bad kid growing up. Uh, in and out, of, in and out of jail. I think uh, the turning point for me was probably um, probably when my son came about. I had to just definitely have to fix up. And mm. then um, yeah, then um, I think and then getting into martial arts. I first actually first I was actually got into fitness modelling. I was really into general fitness, into weights. Uh, done a compete a few times, and then. Um, as my son got older, I think my, my son was about four. I got my son into martial arts, and um, he um, ran. He was there for a few years, and I think I hurt my rotator cuff. And he said, "Dad, why don't why don't you try to do this?" And then um, I joined a gym in Battersea, which I'm still at now. MMA Den in Battersea. Um, started boxing there. And I started jiu-jitsu. I started kickboxing, K1. Um, had a few bouts, went to Greece and done an ISK championship, world championship there. Nice. Um, yeah, and um, done, done quite good there. Got bronze for England. Um, also, and then, and that's it, really. That's it. And, um, and my background as well, security. Security at the moment. I've been working a lot of doors, um, a lot of doors, a lot of clubs, a lot of pubs, and um, also in the building industry as well. Um, and that's, that's me, that's Lee Russell, that's it, basically. Finally, last but by no means least, Chris Otakito. Good evening, Mike. Um, Good evening. Obviously, you save the best for last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course. Um, all right, so a little bit of a um, deep dive into myself, not done this in a while. Uh, starting off as a well, proud father of three. Um, got two lovely ladies. Um, I know one of them shaking her head. Um, I'm from uh, born in Clapham, grew up between Camberwell to um, South, let's put it South, call it South London, before moving out to go um, to school and then coming back, moving to Croydon area. Um, from a, in terms of career wise, from a leadership and financial background, I actually resigned from my um, finance career of 15 years in November. Um, Ironically, due to racial prejudice. Wow. Um, but that's another story altogether. Mm. Um, and that eggs me on to um, to develop my own brand, which is called Martial Arts Stock Room, or MALR, which a lot of people know it as. Um, and also developing a program that I run called the Holistic Wellness Hub, uh, which is now actually supported by Accredited Council and quite a few other operations, because we're like a COVID response team. Yeah, well done. Um, who did it to front for. Yeah, um, and then another charity called NEOC, which is like a... Yeah, you can look into it. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's um, my operation. Um, I've been in mar- into martial arts. My my martial arts journey started from, um, called it, quote-unquote, MMA um, 
in a, a gym was it, a gym in Beckenham, Beckenham's bar or something. So not really MMA, but they classed it as it. And then fell into Lions Pride when it was open. Um, did a bit of work with Team Red Dragon, Flaxman Days. Um, so yeah, Muay Thai and that, and that note. Um, and then now I'm my focus is BJJ. So I'm not sure if anybody knows New Wave Academy or New NWA. Yeah. yeah. So I compete a lot in Ian Nogi. Um, up and coming. Um, hashtag is Yam Power. So I know Bush has got his. Uh, mind Jack Power, so I'll tag that in there. And um, I'm just very blessed, fortunate to always have a lot of amazing trainers and a lot of amazing sort of mentors and um, guides, people like the brothers that I'm connected with on this um, um, on this call, including yourself, Mike. Um, my goal is to literally um, raise awareness and help other people who are, or other people with brothers and sisters within our network um, who are having. Who, we all do go through that mental health challenges, especially now with the lockdown as well. Um, but the District Wellness Project that I did start um, was is going to be a hub, basically a David Lloyd for our community. Incredible. Kind of long story short. Um, and it's a hub where we can tap into the mental health of people within our community. So technically what you're doing now, Mike, um, giving a platform for people to talk and voice their opinion um, to people who you can relate to and feel comfortable. I love the relationship that us guys have hearing yourself and Jay talk. It's just like, it's a good vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, and when you're speaking to other organizations, sometimes there's that gap that's missing. It's like a black kid trying to talk to his police, you know? Yeah. Um, so bridging that gap, making sure people in our network know what resources we have, um, providing access to it as well. I was exposed to a lot of that when I was working in the corporate environment for up to 15 years. So there's a lot out there. There's a lot of, facilities and solutions and helping points out there it's just a case of raising the awareness that they're there and creating that access to it as well and i'm making people want to people in our community uh, want to come to it because but we're, we're beautiful people man oh no doubt no doubt which leads us on to basically the talking point um of the moment and that is yes us beautiful people um under the black lives matter um banner now one of the things which kind of like struck me was the reason why you were all there. You weren't actually part of the protest, just contextually, just to make sure that, you know, I haven't been led astray from the news reports that I've seen so far. Jermaine, just explain to me, what exactly were you there um, to do if not to join the protesters? Oh, well, for me, um, I was down I was down there about a week ago, a week before it happened when the lady got knocked off the horse. Right. I think it was the Saturday when the lady got run into the um, the, the um, traffic well, light. The traffic yeah? light, yeah. Yeah, so the, I was there, and all I could see was just young young people, my son's age, a little bit older, protesting, being there, um, just being in the motion of, of of protesting for the first time, maybe for some of them, not knowing the risk that some of them may be in at any given time. And I'm, I was just like, I, I rid up there on my bike with one of my friends, and I just sat back and just absorbed it and watched and just looked and to see, to seeing it. And then all of a sudden, or two kids like throwing, um, throwing uh, stuff at the police. And then I swear it was like a matter of seconds. It was like the horses were ready, like jumped out of the sky or something. I looked to the left of me. There's about nine to ten horses, big horses, just in a line charging at the kids like it was like it was game of thrones wow like, and that's that that scared all the kids thinking what the hell and that what panicked them and made them react in a way that it looked like the horses and the, and the police should charge them they started throwing stuff and screaming and shouting and running don't know what's going on so the horses ran at them the lady hit the um the light fell off her bike the horse ran away scared run over some you carried them running wild up the street um, and then the right police come running out, arms aggressive, and um, kettled everybody in. But I was on the I was on the back of the police. They never kettled me in, but they kettled everybody else. I was standing underneath a tree. So, um, and the way they handled some of the girl children out there and the young kids out there, and you know, women are more feisty than guys. You know, we 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 we're just loud and we'll just do our bit. But women are feisty, and then you, you try to tell them, all right, calm down. Like if it's your missus and she won't calm down because you gotta say her say. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, I could just see how 
even though the girls were in the right, sometimes you just got to just dress back. And if adults were there, we could have been in the in the in the in the fire firing line for that. Us big people should should have been there with them. You know what I'm saying? Guiding them, and that was in my mind at that time. And I saw all that because I saw no big man, right. no big people around at the time. So um, when time uh, then then time went on, and then I'm, I'm hearing this Tom Robinson spilling his his terrorist hate amongst people about a concrete statue what doesn't help nobody and um, saying that they should be on the streets protecting these um, statues and then you look on your Facebook and your Instagram and you can see all your your so-called white friends saying all these um, beautiful words um, about about us and everybody else and the Black Lives Matter and um, then I heard it was cancelled but but before I heard it was cancelled I was stating that in, I was stating on my Facebook and on my Instagram that Mandem need to be up there. We can't be sitting at home watching our kids, young women, out there because they will be there, like I saw, by themselves amongst these guys. And us as big men who can be in the nightclubs, be in the wine bars, drinking, chatting rubbish, wasting money, can't be at the protest overseeing our children. And that was going through my mind. And I, and I was like, I can't, I can't do that. So I put the shout out and I was getting negative thoughts from everybody. Like, nah, Jay, stay at home. Tommy Robinson, nah, man, it's a conspiracy. Black Lives Matter is not even representing black people. Black Lives Matter is run by free lesbians and Jewish Jewish money. Don't know, I'm not about that. I'm not. And, and I was like, you're not, I don't think you're hearing me. I had, a, I had like an hour debate on my Instagram live with mm. um, with, with, with a couple, with one of my one of my close friends, and um, he this he wasn't he, it wasn't just him. That's the thing. He was like like telling me to stay at home, like he was Boris Johnson. Stay at home. Don't go nowhere. Stay at home. And then I was like, I don't think you're actually hearing anything I'm saying. Then I am not going out there marching for Black Lives Matter. I'm going out there to protect oversee my children because I don't I don't know what's going on I don't know if Tommy Robinson boys are going to be there now I'm hearing that he's cancelled but I'm still going to go because I know when when I was 20 my mum couldn't tell me to stay in my yard (laughs) you understand so I knew I knew even even if it was five kids even if it was five kids I know not just black kids not not just white kids all rainbow of colours of kids were out there and I went out there just for, because it wasn't even about colour. I just knew innocent kids who are representing and following the trend of Black Lives Matter will be out there. Actually, one day before, I was getting no love. I was getting no love. And when I, when I, when I went to bed, I was very disappointed in my people. And I was upset with most of the people that I know. And if I, could, if I called them and said to them, bruv, come, let's go to a rave down the road, yeah? Right, free free drink, pure gal, yeah, free entry. I get you a table. Every last one of my friends and my book would come. Mm. Every last one, without saying nah, Jay, my missus, they'll be there, they'll be there, and that, and that's what was going through my head. It don't make sense, yeah. So, just before I was going to bed, Pierre Pierre called me. I think I was in a sleep. Pierre called me because because when he called me, yeah, Pierre called me. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 I'm on it. I, I, I wrote, I wrote, I'm going to get some money. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then um, he put the phone down. I put the phone down. And I was still disappointed because I was, I was in my head, I was still like, some waffling thing this is going on. Man. Because I just don't understand how the amount of people I have known, the amount of people I've trained, what no one can say, Jay, I'm coming with you. Mm. No, and not one said, Jay, if you go in, be safe. None of them. We just don't go. Or, no, no, it's a conspiracy. That's all I was getting. Not even encouragement, except for when 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 Bushy called me. So right. obviously, you know, Pierre was down for the cause, but I'm now intrigued. What actually inspired Lee, Chris, and Patrick to actually, you know, accompany you and to actually join in this call to action? I mean, yourself, Lee. What was it that made you think? You know what? Yeah, I'm showing up. My, well, for me, mine was. Um the fact that what really got my got really got really got my back up was the fact that when I saw Tommy Robinson saying he was going to come down and all the patriots come down and 
Like, I'm from London. I've been born and bred in London. You ain't coming to, like you ain't coming to my my city and terrorizing my people. Yeah, for something or for over some statue or do you know what I mean? I like, here and have a little have a little things that you're know, just basically gonna come and just terrorize the kids, terrorize our people. You know what I mean? I, and I don't like I don't like racism. I don't like racism. So when I was um same same as um Jermaine, I was phoning around, phoning around. Ringing around all these so-called uh, bad boys, and like I said, in it, I know people from from uh, martial arts background as well. Ringing them up, I was just getting negative. I was getting people, I was getting people, just trying to persuade me to not go for days and days. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, they'll tell me their reason, like it's a setup, and blah 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 blah, and I let them let them talk, let them talk, and then they're done. Oh, I'm still going, I'm still going, going for what I going for what I, what I believe in. Do you know what I mean? Going going to what I believe in. You know what I mean? So, um, and I think I had a little rant in a in a WhatsApp group when I was a, a little rant in a WhatsApp group, and Chris uh, must have just, just phoned me, just phoned me and said, "I can't believe it." Like, yeah, yeah, I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm on it because okay. uh, I think he said that um, that Bush was on it as well. And um, so after then, yeah, we arranged to meet up. I was on Chris all night. What's going on? He wouldn't give me a time. I was like, "What time?" What time, what time, what time, what time. I was super, super like, like, proper, proper on it. I wanted to go down there, you know, and just see how, see, not go out there for any trouble, but if any trouble did happen, it can't happen because these kids are up there, just get up there for what, doing, what, for what they believe in. And, um, and then the next day, um, yeah, I linked up. I think I was going to got entered into a group chat. Um, everyone was quiet in there. And then, uh, I think it was. I think it, no, who was it? Yeah, Jermaine Tilly was, at, he was at, at, in Brixton. I just woke up. I woke up late. I told him I'd be there in five minutes. Then I went up, got Chris, brought him back down on my bike, and then we all met up. We all met up and went down there to see, uh, obviously, how things were. That, that everything was um, running correctly. Do you know what I mean? No one was taking liberties. No one was getting. Cause I, saw, I heard a couple of voice notes of, oh, if I see any black people, I'm gonna punch them in the face and. Not in, front of, not in front of me, no way, do you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, and that was it. That's, I had, they, they, everyone, everyone had the same energy as me. Everyone had the same energy as me. Everyone was for the same cause, you know? So, and I felt safe with, safe with these guys, you know what I mean? I had their back, they got my back. We watch, watch, over, um, watch over the kids, uh, watch over um, all the other protesters and stuff. And, um, yeah, and that was it, really. That was my reason, reason for going down there. I went, I went to go down there to make sure and obviously everything was okay so you know one of the big questions which was doing the rounds and you know it's an obvious one um i suppose given that we are in the midst supposedly of a global pandemic and it's a question to you patrick i mean patrick considering you know covid19 is the prevalent subject of the day did that actually cross your mind in terms of well this could actually be um, well, quite detrimental to your health to actually go and march, given that COVID nineteen is obviously you know a global pandemic doing the rounds. Um, no, it didn't occur to me to be honest, because uh, for me, what's happening with black people at the moment and the equality that we're striving for is still more important than even the pandemic. There isn't a bigger issue to me uh, right now than uh, equality for for my children and my grandchildren. I can't think of uh you know anything more important so just on that importance now i mean obviously the cause itself black lives matter um the, the fact that the main event or the uh that the main organizers had actually called off the um i suppose they're calling it the official black lives matter um march had that not um registered with you guys in you know well basically making you turn back well, for for me, that is that is was definitely an interesting point you make because had it not been for Pierre, I just I wouldn't have been there because when he originally uh, told me about this whole uh, you know going up to to um, the, the protests, right. I I did point out to him that the Black Lives Matters protest had been called off and I sh- you know told him various uh, messages that had been go- going during the rounds. Um, Pierre, you know, he's like some kind of, I don't know, he's like some visionary. He, he, he saw things and there was no one stopping him from going up there. But I wasn't so sure. So I 
said to him, you know, I don't know if we should still be going up there because it's been called off. You know, why are we going up there? But he eventually convinced me that, you know what, it has to be done. You're going to have to do it, P. We've got to do it. And I, you know, I've known him all my life, most of my life. So, you know, I could see that in his eyes, the passion was there, like he was speaking about earlier, that when he's when he's passionate, when he speaks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see the passion was there. And it was going to be one of them ones where if I don't go, we're probably going to fall out. So I just said, okay, man, I'm, I'm on. And then uh, then I went. I went with, went with the guys, you know. And I'm, I'm glad I did because, uh, you know, we did, uh, we did a great thing together. So speaking of that great thing, a lot of people are pointing to the fact that, you know, you rescuing somebody from the far right. It has been confirmed or has it not been confirmed that this chap was from the far right, right? It, has, it hasn't been confirmed officially, but the photographer did say, and um, some of the guys that were there did say that he was part of the uh, the EDL mob or hooligans, whatever you want to call them, right. that were in that were clashing with some of the Black Lives Matters protesters, and basically they had run off and he'd got left. He was he was the last man standing, got left behind. So fast forward to that actual event now, just for context, just just talk me through the the, the chronology in terms of turn of events. What actually happened? How did you come upon him? Just talk me through the the, the whole scenario. There was so much happening in that little short space. Of, you know, the one got rushed by a Waterloo station, so the police was pushing us to one area. So we're going towards that area, and I think, <laughs> unlucky for them, that when the area was heading to, I think there's about three of them sitting. In, and relaxing in, 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 or whatever. They were doing something. And I noticed a lot of the black kids started running after something. I think, I thought that they were running away from the police. And then when they went up the stairs by Waterloo Station, all I could see is someone getting handed over. It's like, you know, when basically what Patrick done to the guy, I saw kids doing that. They had somebody in the air, but then the next thing they, they put him on the ground. And there was a white guy. I said, oh, no. And he obviously, the all young, all our young black boys there. And I thought, this is it. It's going to kick off. And Chris was standing next to me. I said, Chris, we have to go in there. We have to go in there. They're going to mash that guy up. They're going to, yeah. they're going to mash him up. They're going to kill him. Do you understand? So I was on my bike. I had a, one of those um, congestion bikes. Being an old man I am these days. So <laughs> I dropped the bike and I ran over there um, with the, there was a few old men that was um, obviously trying to shield him at the point. And some girls as well, they were saying, nah, leave him, leave him, allow him, leave him, leave him. So I ran over there and Chris went and called the rest of the guys. Came, they all came over. Lee and um, Chris and Jermaine came over and Patrick obviously assessed the situation to see that, look, we were shielding him, but it wasn't good enough because you could see a lot of the kids were like, nah, big man, nah, he's one of them, he's one of them. Like, everyone screamed, nah, leave them, leave, leave him. So Patrick done the right thing, which all of us, you know, any of us would have done anyway, was just pulling him out of there because there was a gap there. We created a sort of a gap. So he pulled him and then took him to, to, to safety. The police was just around the corner. This kid didn't care if the police was there or not. Um, so took him around the corner. Thank God he was, you know, he was all right. And, and, and Patrick just left him there with the police and um, uh, um, we, we, we came back. I'm no. just... I'm just grateful that the kids were able to see, you know, to see how, you know, we, we, I was telling them, listen, Lowry, not just myself, but everyone else that was there protecting the, said, leave it, please don't do this, because anyhow you do this, it's all over. It would have been all over. Because, you know, once these kids, once they get going, the, no one, would, they weren't going to stop. And you have to understand that there were so many kids around. It's not like you have like three or four of them and you got one or two white guys, then they're rushing and beat him up, and then it's so open that they have to quickly run away. But this one, it was just pure kids. Isn't that right, boys? It was just ram, and and there was no space to move, nothing. Maybe there, there's somebody um, amongst the group who could answer this then. I just wondered if there was, if any of you had any conversations with him, you're going to be all right, or any kind of small talk. He, he was thankful, grateful that, you know, you rescued him. No, he was, he was, he was, the guy was out of his head. He was, he, was, he didn't even, I don't even think he just, he was gone. He was, looking, yeah, he was, he was drunk he was, or on drugs or something. Drunk. He went to the police, he was confused, you know what I mean? Yeah, he was confused. Was, you know I mean? And you have to understand, they were hitting him as well, they were kicking him, yeah. you know, so, so he was kind of halfway gone. So when yeah. you actually 
depositing at the police. Was, was there any interaction? Because from the picture, it looked as though the police were also shielding or, or, or providing some kind of like passage for you guys. I mean, is that what was actually happening? What was what was no. their role in it all? No, not at all. Oh, wow. No, they, they, no, because they was in a line because um, something kicked off behind them. They had oh. three guys on the floor getting in um, taped up. Because three other three other um, EDL boys got broke up, so up behind the police where Patrick was walking towards, there was um, injured EDL boys on the floor, and they, and they were surrounding them with their trashers out. Ah, that's what was happening. That's why then the, then the kids ran to the stairs, and then then then, then um, when the kids ran to the stairs to break up by you. After they broke him up and Pete got got, got him away, then there was a there was a car. Yeah. And then yeah. there was a next shoot further and down in, in the, underneath the arch. Mm. So it was like, yep. like after 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 um, P did his thing, there was mm. like one, two, two, about two more incidents. Yeah, the car and then they, they chased the boy under the bridge. Yeah. So yeah. W- were you kind of like persuaded that your work had been done there or was there more people to kind of shield or to kind of like no, ensure no, that they got no, safe passage? No, the safe passage was our kids getting home. Right. It was. It was. Because was, I, I wasn't going home until I, the last kid I see is going home, and that that was that was my um, kind of ethos. It's like, no, no, we still got to wait because people are still here. The kids are still here. So, mm. so mm. I wanted to be there until I see the last you, even though kids were still there when I went home. But I wanted to get the majority of kids home. You know what I'm saying? Because even if we went home, things would still kick off. So, you know, one of the things that intrigued me about this, I I, I want to pose this to Lee, I suppose. Um, Lee, given that the circumstances there were quite charged, given that, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot, it's highly likely, let's just imagine it were you, Lee, uh, surrounded and being given a kick in, um, it's highly likely that you would have been left for dead. What was the inspiration then that led you to say, you know what, I'm going to be part of this. I'm going to be part of shielding this young man. Um, because I'm not. We're not. The, I'm not the same. We're not the same as them. I'm not the same as them. Do you know what I mean? It's, I, don't, I don't. I don't see color. You know, I've got. I got. I got white friends. Do you know what I mean? So I just saw someone on the floor getting getting attacked very badly. Do you know what I mean? And if we never stepped in there, he wouldn't be here, and then his life would be gone. And then another life would be ruined as well because I guarantee you, guarantee um, that um, whoever, if it did go the other way, would be uh, the life would be wasted as well. That'd be a life in jail. So there's two lives gone. Do you know what I mean? Now, in terms of optics, um, that picture—it's an iconic picture. Now, it has gone global. Uh, what's it done for? your lives in terms of you know media coverage and how much you've been speaking to the media i mean chris are there enough hours in the day um now that you've um you've got this kind of like uh platform um great question michael um to be fair i think my ladies would have said that i already don't have enough time in the day <laughs> uh, and now <laughs> everybody's stressed as it is now obviously it's a duty I think we have to our community to actually voice what's happened and voice the true um, purpose for what, why, why, why we were out and what, why what happened did happen in the way it happened. Um, yeah, we're tied for tied now. Um, between the five of us, people have been rescheduling clients, cancelling clients. As I'm talking to you guys now, I'm actually trying to reschedule some of the homeless deliveries I'm doing tomorrow. Right. Um, I'm trying to that maybe in the morning because we've got a meeting in the uh, we've got a meeting in the afternoon in Brixton. Uh, so everybody really is rescheduling um, and reshuffling their diaries. And in all honesty, my biggest heart goes out to our families, um, especially our patient ladies. I am saying because my one of them's here on the couch listening to me, but and it really does because you really do have to be patient with us and and be accommodating to what's going on now. So you know, going back to you, Patrick. Now it it looks as though from the again from the optics that you were the person um, in the public eye. Do you think that this is uh, something that could kind of like springboard into perhaps a movement? Is this something that you'd be, you'd be happy to spearhead or are, are you, you, you happy to draw a line in the sand and say, well, 
this was then and um you know trying to move forward with your life um no whatever it takes for our people to get genuine true equality i'm, I'm willing to be a part of you know, you know we have to use the platform like christian saying to to do better for ourselves and, and be better for our community um so yeah, whatever it takes, you know. What you've encapsulated there is a nice segue into my question, my next question, and that is, okay, what next then? Is it using the experience which you have of this, in particular gaining traction with the media, to springboard into perhaps meetings with MPs? I know that Sean Bailey is looking to make inroads of people who, you know, like yourselves, are looking to make things better for Londoners, in particular black Londoners? Or is it a case of, you know, meeting with um, organisations who are like-minded to kind of um, catapult into something even bigger? I mean, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, are you looking to work with others who are like-minded and, you know, basically here for the culture and trying to, well, do good and do better? Yeah, I mean... um I don't know what the other guys think. I think we're all pretty much on the same page. But anything that is going to help better us as a people, um, if we have a platform, we need to use it. And any other organisations that are doing the right things, you know, that we all agree with, then uh, I have no problem with working with them. Now, in terms of working with people, how open would you be to having conversations with people like Sadiq Khan. I mean, Jermaine, you've done youth work um, and, you know, your movement um, hands up, guns down. You've obviously got experience of, you know, youth work and youth movement. Is that yeah. kind of a conversation which you would like to, to get into or you'd entertain someone like Sean Bailey or someone like Sadiq Khan? Um, no, def- no, definitely. I've, I've all, look, I've done it behind the scenes I've done it without letting people know I've done it for the love of it so I've been doing this for uh, for over 20 years I've been doing it forever so you, you know what I'm saying but the, the whole thing is it's all about sometimes you just got to get into that right door because like like we've been saying equality has not been there for us so no matter how good um, of a job you do and been doing they, 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 they will go, yeah, 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 but you won't get it. Just like when I, when I was running Hands Up, Guns Down, yeah. um, just before the last riots we had, when Boris Johnson was um, was mayor, we put a bid in to get some some funding for it, and he turned it down. He just turned it down. No reason, no nothing, turned it down. You know what I'm saying? We're giving free free stuff for kids, doing stuff, getting them off the street, etc., etc. They said no. I'd love to sit, sit at the table because writing a piece of paper and giving it to them with a, with a black guy's name on it, then you know, then sometimes they probably just push it aside. So I, I, I would love to sit down with Sadiq Khan and all these boys and literally hear how they will communicate and make things better for us. You know, speaking but, of that, just 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 grabbing those last few words that you said there, um, communicating with how they can make things better for us. You know, or you, you may have heard, but in the last 48 hours, Boris Johnson has talked about a brand new inequality review. When you hear those words, when you hear the words review, when you hear the words that he's looking into things, does that like give you um, pause to be hopeful or, or given, no, on, give, on, give, given, on, given where you've been? Brother, brother, brother. Yeah. How long have the people from Grenfell been waiting for their review? Exactly. Years, yeah. So, so if I spelt if I spilt milk in the kitchen, and I walked out the kitchen, and my girlfriend walks in the kitchen, she would ask me, "What are you doing? Why didn't you clean that up?" Mm. I'm reviewing it. You know what I'm saying? Now, can you review it, please? Now I wait and get my son to come down and I ask him to review it before we clean it. No, we know there's work to be done. We know the problem, and yes, we know how to attack. To attack it, he's just making it look good. He's just making it make us feel that yeah, something's happening because we've turned the other cheek too much. We've been too religious in living our lives, meaning that no, we, we will pray for. I'm, by the way, I'm not religious, so whoever is religious on this on this call, right, it's not impersonal. Yeah, people are waiting for a spooky guy to come from the sky and give us and give, and give us a new job. Give give. give you know, get my son out of prison, you know, make, make me win the lottery. No, sometimes you've got to get and grab and do for yourself. And this is what we need to do. We need to get up, stop asking, stop asking and taking and doing. 
You see, yep. that, 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 that kind of like leads me on then. This is something which I wanted to pose to, to Lee, perhaps. And that is, just as Jermaine has said, it's time to stop asking for crumbs from other people's tables and perhaps go and make a table for ourselves. The way that I look at it is, the, the question is, is it time for a, a black political party in the UK? Um, yeah, why not? Why not? Maybe for a change, that's probably what it is. And they're probably scared, you know, they're probably scared of that change, you know. Having a strong, uh, powerful um, black figure, role model, um, speaking or leading, something like that, they probably fear it, you know. So maybe it is, that's what we need for a change, you know what I mean? So they need to try it, try it and see how it goes, you know. Maybe that, maybe that is the answer. I mean, just moving, I mean, moving around I mean, the group. I was, I was just going to add to that. Sorry, man. I was going to say, I reckon, like, more like a, a black conglomerate where the vote is all held. And then we push our vote to the party that is going to do best by us. So we keep our vote together as one, as one group. We're much more powerful in that way. Um, I don't know if a black party would have enough black votes all together to win an election. You know, yeah, that's true. Numbers, yeah, the actual numbers don't stack up. So, you know, we'd be a small percentage. But what we can do is we can vote as one conglomerate and push our vote to whoever is going to do the things that are going to benefit our community. Sorry, I, I do remember. Know what? Yeah, go, 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 go ahead. Yeah, no. So, so why don't so we, we've so, but the, the thing is with us as black people, then we we start picking and prodding. We, we will never. We will never pick and prod um, a, a white MP. But yeah, so so we've got Lammy in there already. Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we pushing it? This is this is this is our sometimes it's, it's our our fault. Where just say, I know a plumber. Yeah, I, I, I know I know um, Winston down the road. Winston, come do it. But but you don't want to go to Winston. But you you rather go to um, to Adam. Adam, you know what I'm saying Sheila's Sheila's husband. It's like yeah, we they, don't, we don't, we don't, we don't think economics. We don't build together, and this is what yeah. we, as black people, need to start learning. Because every other, every other race, they build with each another, and yeah. we, we like to, we like to hold each other down. Yeah, we don't like to push each other up, and and, and that's the bad thing about it. That's the bad thing about us, and, and that's and that's and that's it's a, it's a mental thing. You see, that's why I was asking the question earlier as to you know where you guys as a movement, a possible movement, could actually go because it's those type of conversations which you could be having. It's that platform that you've got and the profile that you've got right now that will give a bit of resonance to your voice and amplification to your voice. So, you know, that that's why I asked earlier, are you going to use this opportunity to talk to people like Sadiq, talk to people like Sean Bailey, these people who have, you know, up until now, if you ask me, said quite a lot in terms of rhetoric spoken, but I haven't seen much delivered and much change for black people, uh, apart from the calendar. The date on the calendar has changed, but nothing in terms of um, what it means for us as black people has changed. So, you know, I suppose going back, circling back then to that that question, um perhaps not a political party, but I do remember, someone might want to just fill in my knowledge here, but I do remember Operation Black Vote, and it was, as you were saying, Patrick, it was a way in which to actually galvanise our voting power by placing it with a party who was going to do more for us. What happens is some of us get caught up in the system and um, they, they forget where they came from and, you know, their children end up in public school and they maybe, you know, marry somebody else that's maybe in money, and then they realise that they're now near the top of the food chain, but they forget about where they came from and, 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 and the, 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 their people who are actually suffering in oppression. And so their vote goes to whoever, which isn't benefiting black people as a whole. Um, so, yeah, they just get caught up in the system. You know, we need to, no matter where we go, whether we become top lawyers, top politicians... Wherever we are, we should vote together as one, one conglomerate. That's, how it, that's the only way our vote is going to mean something. And then whoever's in power will bend over backwards to get that, that whatever it is, that 40% or 30% black vote. And just one final thing, just before we close. One thing which obviously um, has massive news coverage and um, it's sort of like tapered off because of COVID, but basically youth violence 
gun and knife crime on the streets. Again, this is possibly an area where, you know, you guys, given the profile that you've got at the moment, could actually make some waves. I just wanted to ask Pierre, you know, is this something which you feel that, you know, you as a movement now could all get involved and actually amplify um, your message? 100%. This is the time that we need to... I mean, listen, a lot of those kids have got... They had so much respect for us. Yeah, every single child, um, young child that we're speaking to out there, no matter how angry they were, the minute we spoke to them, there was love. And and, and am I right, boys? For me, that's, I saw a lot of that. They're not one of them were disrespectful, disrespectful towards me. Look, I've got grey beard now, so they know I'm an old man. Do you understand? <laughs> yeah. So, this is this this now this because they know they know what we've done for them. I know what I've done for myself. I couldn't sleep all week. These guys know that. I kept on going on about it. So they know what we've done for them. They know how important it was for us not to uh, um, make it worse for them for the future. So this is the best time for all of us, every single one of us. The government needs the government needs to back us all the way to going back into our community, as um, Jermaine's been saying, and 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 just re-educate these these kids and so our generation the guy um meaning us lot here who have 16 year olds um 17 year olds they have to wake up now every listen do you have many phone calls i've had jermaine do you have many phone calls i've had from guys our age that will say rah uh pierre you know i should i should have come with you you know i should have come with you so we have touched everybody that listen you need to start looking after your kids properly at home you need to fix up so we have to go in there now, but we need backing. We need backing from the government. We need backing because we, we can't just do it just, you know, it's, it's not going to work. So we need backing from the government, and the council, everyone to just get involved and re-educate everybody, you know. Put and I know it's going to work. I've got three sons. So I'm, I'm teaching them the rights and the wrongs. And, and it's working. So you can't tell me that it's not going to... Stop blaming... Uh, uh, this other person. So we need to educate the mums and the dads. Our generation, we, they need educating. Yeah, they need educating. They need they need it so they could take it home and and pass it on to their children. So, in terms of the wider politicians, what they've seen and how they can help, what would be your message yeah. to them? I mean, how could they actually make a difference based on the catalyst that you've actually started? Well, they need to come sit at a table and actually listen and reason with the people who are on the floor and it's not even just us as in us five yeah but they need to come and listen and talk to the real people who are doing the real work the who community have workers. and the connections with, that, with the real people who are being mm. affected every every day Okay, so so Patrick, let's just imagine let's just imagine that you were speaking directly to Sean Bailey to Boris Johnson to Sadiq Khan. What would be your message to them? I mean, let's just imagine that they were listening to this audio right now. Wow, that's a big one. Um, well, my message, obviously, you know, we want change and we want it now, and we want we don't want words. We want some physical. We want actions. Um, you know, I would like challenge them straight away to start putting money into grassroots things yeah we're at the level where we are whether it be the sports clubs you know the usual stuff the schools you know i would challenge them to improve the schools the schools that our children are in that are failing you know i'd challenge them i would challenge them to do something about um you know the private school the private school sector and, and maybe having the children you know black children you know going into private schools it shouldn't just be about money and who can afford to go into those schools. This should be an opportunity like you kind of can, that you have with university, for example, uh, where you can somehow be helped to get into private schools, not just these bursaries and stuff that you get um, at sort of secondary school level, because even then, you know, you have to jump through so many hoops to get them and you need to be like excelling at everything. I'm talking about a primary school, like prep school level. Because, you know, this is where your base of education starts, you know. And already, those people at prep schools and at really, really good primary schools have to jump on all the other children who are at the, the you know, the, the primary schools at the lower end of the scale. And then you're, then you're playing catch-up the, the whole way up. So change is there at a grassroots level. And then obviously, you know, 
in all the big corporations, societies. Like one of the one of my big um, the big ones is like the FA. You know, we need the black yeah, faces exactly. on the board of the FA. Just just one final um, message. Again, this is specifically about Boris Johnson and the fact that he's created this. Um, inequality review. Now, this inequality review is set to report in six months' time. Are we waiting six months, or do we need action now? Action no, we need, now. we need action now because we know exactly where the problems are. You know, we know where the problems are, so we should we need action now. Six months review is not going to work. Just before we close, and I want to get it on record as saying this, so you know, it is laid down in almost tablets of stone, but on record. If you guys need any help with actually getting this off the ground in terms of this becoming a movement, I will be very, very happy to get involved and help wherever and whatever I can. 100%. Yeah. Listen, that is so beautiful because, you know, that's powerful. And, and you, you know yourself, Penny. You know, you know what me, uh, the media uh, can do. And exactly. you're, 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 you're our media. And the good thing about you from our... You know, you're from from our corner. You know, mm. you know how it is. Mm. You know what time it is. Mm. So we, we need people like you. We need people like you to to take this now and just make it happen for us, our children, our next generation. Come on, let's do it. You know, let's do it, mate. No looking back. Patrick, Jermaine, Pierre, Lee, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honour to speak to you all. Well done on what you did over the weekend. My thing is this, though, I I really do hope that people actually looking at what actually unfolded there, you know, take some of that essence of what they saw. And that was one human looking at another human, because I feel that's where it needs to start. Yep. 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 Well, thank you again, gentlemen. I've been really, really, um, well, bowled over and impressed by... You know, first of all, sure. the, the issues that you, you, you tackled today, but, you know, more importantly, what's to come, because I just feel that the journey isn't over. Incredible.